The following audio is from Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel is available at our website, www.myemmanuel.net. Dr. Barrett Duke. Uh, uh, Dr. Duke comes to us by way of Washington, D.C. Wait, before you think bad stuff. He was there representing us as Southern Baptists in the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Uh, His work there was to uh, represent us in things like traditional marriage, that uh, we believe in the sanctity of life, really important issues that sometimes politicians meddle in. But uh, the Lord called him to be uh, the executive director of the Montana Southern Baptist Convention. And we are delighted that he would oversee our cooperative efforts together. In fact, that's why I've asked him to come and speak on cooperation is one of our priorities here at Emanuel Baptist Church. Before he was in Washington, D.C., he and his wife, Denise, wave at everybody, Denise, she's sitting right down here. They were church planners in Colorado, so they know something of the West. They've returned to the West in that respect. He was our staff retreat leader here the last week. He's becoming a very good friend. Would you welcome Dr. Barrett Duke? Thank you, Brother Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, thanks for not holding Washington, D.C. against me. I did get out of there as soon as I could. But yeah, we spent a, a dozen years there representing Southern Baptist values, representing biblical values in the public square, because we do believe that's also a place where Christians need to engage, because we understand uh, that uh, we are, by God's design, His salt and light in the world. And we need to be speaking to those matters that God has spoken to, not only in terms of evangelism, but also in God's design for life. You know, there is one way that God has designed us to live successfully. He's already stated that. He's already mapped that out. And the further we diverge from God's plan for how to live as people, the uh, more damage we cause to ourselves, the more damage we cause to society. So we were glad to be there. But I can tell you, after 12 years in Washington, D.C., if you're expecting Washington, D.C. to rescue you, you're looking in the wrong place. Our hope is not in Washington, D.C. Our hope is in what God will do through his church. We're really delighted to be here in Montana to be a part of what God is doing through his church in Montana. You know, in a lot of ways, Emmanuel Baptist Church is the mother church for Southern Baptist work in this state. In fact, you had a really good year last year. You tend to have good years, right? Last year, you baptized uh, 58 people. And um, you uh, gave $48,000 to the cooperative program. Now, the cooperative program is a voluntary fund that most Southern Baptist churches, about 50,000 Southern Baptist congregations, give to in order to cooperate together to advance their work um, beyond their own work throughout their city, throughout their state, throughout the country, and around the world. And uh, your church is one of the leading churches in Montana for giving voluntarily to the cooperative program. Um, And uh, you guys have just 
and you've just set the bar for work in Montana in many ways. As I said, you're the mother church. This is the first Southern Baptist Church in Montana. And you guys didn't waste any time getting started. Got started in 1952. Within five years, you'd already planted nine other churches around the state. That's a phenomenal thing. It had to have just been a glorious time to be here as this church is just getting started then also looking around the state and saying, you know what, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't be everywhere. We can't do it all ourselves. Let's expand our work. And within the first five years, this church planted nine other churches in the state, but that was just the beginning. I've got a, a, um, a, a sheet of paper back at the office that shows where all of our churches came from in Montana. And if you follow the trail of how all of our churches got started, Emmanuel Baptist Church is either directly responsible for or indirectly because they started a church that then started other churches. Emmanuel Baptist Church is responsible for almost three-quarters of all the Southern Baptist churches in Montana. That is an incredible legacy of faith. And you're just getting started. You're just getting started with what God wants to accomplish through this congregation. And in many ways, Montana is just getting started as well. And we're beginning now to take our place as the Lord opens that door on the national scene for Southern Baptist life as well. In fact, I understand that I'm the guy who gets to make the announcement that Pastor Paul is our first Montana representative on one of our national boards and agencies. The first person from one of our Montana churches to be on one of our national boards and agencies is Pastor Paul. He's going to be representing Montana Southern Baptists on the Southern Baptist Convention's Executive Committee. And I do think that that merits applause and appreciation and congratulations to Brother Paul. Now what that means is he's going to be representing you on the group that oversees and holds accountable the spending for 15 million Southern Baptists throughout the United States. So he's going to be our representative, making sure that every cooperative program dollar is spent well and spent wisely. And uh, I think it's fitting uh, that uh, the first church in Montana, first Southern Baptist church in Montana, would also have the first representative on that board. So congratulations uh, to you, Brother Paul. I'll be praying for you in that role as well. And uh, congratulations to Emmanuel Baptist Church for all that you're doing. Well, I've been asked to come and talk to you about the priority of cooperation, why we should value cooperation as a church. Now, I'm glad to say we, because Denise and I joined Emmanuel Baptist Church just, what, like maybe a couple of months ago. We don't get to worship with you very often because I travel the state, and oftentimes I'm in another church, but this is the service that we come to when we uh, worship here. We love the service. We love the worship team. Um, one of the reasons why we joined this church 
We love Paul for one thing. We love you. But one of the other reasons is because we want to be reminded of what could be for all of our churches in Montana. This is what could be. And uh, you guys are setting uh, that bar. And you're cooperating with us in all of the work that we're doing around uh, the state to see to it that we multiply our efforts and we help all of it function. There's this passage in Ephesians chapter 5 um, where Paul is talking about the relationship of the, the family, the husband to the wife. And he makes this one statement in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse uh, 23. He says, Christ is the head of the church. Now, that's a really important statement as we're thinking about cooperation as a church. Because you'll notice there, it doesn't say Christ is the head of the churches. It's singular. It says Christ is the head of the church. Because there's really only one church. It's made up of all of the believers in all places and at all times. There is one church. Christ is the head of that one church. Now, we shouldn't miss that we're organized at a more local level. We're organized at the local congregation level. So, Emmanuel Baptist Church is a church, a congregation of the universal church, the body of Christ. And we all fit together to make the whole. We all fit together to make that thing, that organism that's identified in Scripture as the body of Christ. That's important for us because we have to understand that then if we're all part of the whole, each of us working together is what makes the body function. And if one part isn't cooperating, if one part isn't working with the rest, all of it suffers. I learned this in a really interesting way a few years ago. I had some back problems, and I developed this thing called drop foot. I don't know whether you've ever heard of drop foot. It's, it's an appropriate term because you can't control your foot. There's a, the nerve gets pinched in your back. The nerve sends a signal to the foot so that your foot's supposed to be able to just gradually, you know, you're walking and your foot just kind of gradually goes down to the ground. Well, with a drop foot, you have no control over it. So you're walking, you're walking like this, and this foot just slaps the ground. You're walking, and the foot slaps the ground. And it just slaps the ground like that. You, don't, you can't let your foot down gradually. <clears throat> and I really had this drawn to my attention by my wife, Denise, sitting over here. We like to walk in the evenings. It gives us a chance just to get some exercise and catch up on our day. Um, and so we usually like to walk. And, and uh, we're walking this one day, and we're walking down the street, and my foot's doing this stupid thing. It's slapping the ground. And Denise says, what's that slapping sound? You know, and I'm thinking, well, I've, you know, I've got to admit to my wife, I'm not perfect. And I say, that's my foot. And she laughs. She laughs because my foot's slapping the ground like this. I mean, it was a pretty stupid thing. I had no control over it. Well, I had to go in. I had to have surgery on my back to relieve the pressure on my back and deal with the drop foot because it's a serious problem and you don't let it go. Well, that's a, a, a physical illustration of what we're talking about here, which is the importance of all of God's people all of the churches cooperating together 
to accomplish the work that God's called us to do. In fact, it's actually unnatural for the churches not to cooperate together. As unnatural as it is for a part of the body not to work, it's also unnatural for all of God's congregations, all of the local congregations, uh, not to work together as well. Indeed, we actually, by our cooperation, we actually continue a legacy that actually started all the way back in the first century. And what I want to talk with you about a little bit this morning is how by our cooperating as a church with other churches, we actually are carrying on an ancient legacy that was begun by uh, the first century Christians. And I want to do that by just pulling out three snapshots from the book of Acts. And we're going to start in Acts chapter 11, if you have your Bibles. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 is the place we'll get started. It says there in Acts chapter 11, verse 27, Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. There's your local congregations. There's a congregation in Jerusalem. There's a congregation in Antioch, which is just north of Jerusalem. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there uh, would certainly be a great famine all over the world. In fact, Luke tells us this actually did take place. It took place during the reign of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. So, you have this congregation in Antioch. They hear about this coming famine down in Judea, and they take an offering. They take an offering to send it down to the church at Jerusalem to help provide for their brothers and sisters and others in need in Jerusalem. And this is the first example, one of the first examples that you see of church cooperation. Here we see churches cooperating to meet physical needs. We do the same thing today, cooperating together. For example, we assist pastors. Part of your cooperative program giving, part of that money that you voluntarily give uh, beyond your work here in Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, helps us to uh, provide an emergency fund for pastors. We also have a state missions fund uh, that you guys give to very generously uh, to provide some money for pastors who have emergency needs. Comes in and uh, we hold it for whatever comes up. Uh, This past year, we had a pastor who was getting cancer treatments. $900 a month for cancer treatment. He had a month he didn't have it. He called me up and said, Barrett, I'm trying to deal with this cancer. I need $900 to pay for my medicine this month. I don't have it. Can anything be done? I said, brother, Montana Southern Baptists have taken care of that. A check will be in the mail to you. And so we send him the money to pay for his cancer medicine for that month. We've had other times when other pastors have gone to the doctors. They've had medical bills. We help pay for those. We've, a number of times we've paid for pastors and their families to go back um, because so many of our pastors are here from other places have family emergencies in other places. We buy their airline tickets so they can go back and be with their families. We assist pastors, and we also assist 
in times of disaster. We have a disaster relief fund that we also, all of our churches also contribute to. When I got here, I was told that we had 12 disaster relief trailers. The Montana Southern Baptist Convention had 12 disaster relief trailers. Only problem was nobody knew where they were. So one of the first things I had to do was find out where the trailers were. We called around to all the churches to find out where these trailers were and whether or not they were working. And I found out some pretty good stuff. We've got trailers that are washing stations where if uh, maybe an area doesn't have any fresh water, uh, you can bring that trailer and it has fresh water in it. You can also wash clothes in it. Um, like when the uh, firefighters are fighting a fire somewhere, we can move this trailer into that area and uh, they can shower. They can have uh, fresh water available to them. We have feeding stations as well. You have a problem in an area, you bring that trailer in and you can cook meals out of that trailer to feed people. We have trailers for holding building supplies. We have these trailers that move all around the state and sometimes even out of the state. And that's just Montana Southern Baptist work. Because we cooperate beyond Montana work and we give to the Southern Baptist Convention some of that money that goes into our cooperative program funding, we also help support our national work. Some of that money helps to support our national disaster relief group. Some of those folks are already headed to Houston and to Texas to help out um, there as uh, folks there are dealing with the aftermath of the tragedy of the hurricane uh, that's just uh, winding down there. And a lot of people don't know it, but Southern Baptists have the third largest disaster relief ministry in the country. The third largest. We're third only behind Catholic Relief Services and the Red Cross. As a matter of fact, all of the meals that the Red Cross will serve in Texas in meeting people's needs from this hurricane, all of the meals that the Red Cross will serve will be cooked by Southern Baptists in those disaster relief trailers. That's powerful stuff. It's a reminder that we are about preaching the gospel. We are about evangelism, but we're also about meeting other needs as well. One of the things I was able to do as um, the public policy person in Washington, D.C., was try to help politicians and people in Washington understand just exactly who Southern Baptists were and who Southern Baptists are because they really don't understand us. And there's this group there called the Republican Study Committee. And the job of the Republican Study Committee is to help Republicans develop policy. It does the fact-finding for them so that they know how to craft their laws. And you wouldn't be surprised to know that there are politicians in Washington, D.C. who are trying to figure out how to tax churches. They see us as, you know, more money for uh, their programs. And so they're constantly trying to figure out how to tax churches, how to tax their properties, how to take away the minister's uh, tax benefits, and so on. And so I met with this group, and I talked to them about the contribution that Southern Baptists make not only in evangelism. Now, 
if you can only do one thing, you do evangelism, right? That's our most important job. You can't walk and chew gum at the same time, figure out which one you're going to do that's the most important for us. Evangelism is it. If, you can't, if we can't do anything else, win the loss to Jesus. But we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And we can do these other things as well. We can meet needs. We can help people in their time of physical need as well. And so I brought these facts before the Republican Study Committee. And of all the things we do, that was one of the things that impressed them the most, that they understood. We give back. We give back more than anything this country would benefit if they just taxed us. In fact, if they taxed us, it would make it even harder for us uh, to give of ourselves, to give of our resources, to give of our energy. This is just one of those things because Southern Baptists choose to cooperate. We also assist with other human needs. You know, we have a hunger fund, and you give to that. It makes it possible for us to have, for example, um, backpack programs where um, you'll go into the school and you put food in kids' backpacks so they can go home for the weekends and have something to eat. It provides uh, for the Southern Baptist Convention's World Hunger Fund. When you give to the Southern Baptist Convention's World Hunger Fund, 100% of what you give actually goes to buying food or medical supplies or something for human needs. None of it goes for overhead or infrastructure. That's unheard of. Most of the organizations that are raising money to uh, help with human needs, like feeding children or something like that, a lot of that never gets turned into food. It pays for salaries. It pays for transportation costs. It pays for overhead not with the Southern Baptist Convention's World Hunger Fund, because we pay for all of that through another part of our giving with the cooperative program. We also do literacy training. We actually have in this state a man whose job is to help us uh, teach people how to read, maybe English as a second language, or people to learn to read for the first time. Can you imagine trying to make a living can you imagine trying to get ahead, trying to help your family get ahead, and you can't even read? Some of you are involved in that literacy ministry, and others of you can be. You can talk with me. You can talk with the pastor afterward, and you can learn how to work in this literacy ministry and give of yourselves uh, to uh, this important way of helping others. So we meet physical needs. We cooperate to do that. Second, look at Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. This is the beginning of the church's great missionary expansion across the known world. This right here is where a church decided that it would cooperate in God's kingdom and send out missionaries to evangelize even beyond their own city. The churches cooperate to advance the gospel. They did it then, they do it today as well. And we do a whole lot more together than we can ever do as individual congregations. Our combined efforts produce a greater harvest. And through your cooperative program giving and through all of our churches' cooperative program giving, we help our churches fund programs and projects and events that enable them to reach their communities. For example, Emmanuel Baptist Church 
baptized 58 people last year. That's an incredible record, one of the best records in the state. But because Emmanuel Baptist gives to our broader work and helps us fund work in our other churches, our 135 Southern Baptist churches across the state were able to combine all of their efforts to baptize 633 people last year. All of those churches working together creates something more than simply the sum of the parts. We have a church nearby here, Valley Baptist Church. We were able to fund some of their outreach in the community, fund some of their mailings in the community, and through that funding and through their hard work, just a few weeks ago, that congregation baptized more people on one Sunday than they had ever baptized in that church in an entire year in their entire existence. That's, that's praising God stuff, you know? That's the kind of stuff that we pray to God for and that we work together for. That's the kind of stuff that um, happens because we're cooperating together and we're simply not letting everybody out there root, hog, or die. We're simply saying, you know what? We can give something to make it possible for others to do this work as well. As Southern Baptists, that sacrifice actually becomes a blessing for us because there are, as you heard, 50,000 Southern Baptist congregations in the United States. 50,000 congregations, 15 million Southern Baptists, and almost all of them give something voluntarily to the cooperative program, and it all goes to that place where Pastor Paul is going to be overseeing it. And we get more money back every year than we give. We get $750,000 every year just to pay for church planters and church planting. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars more than we send out of the state. But because we're cooperating with all Southern Baptists and they're cooperating with us, they've identified Montana as an important outreach area, an important area to evangelize, and they're pouring back into the state $750,000 every year for evangelism and church planting. Our cooperation also funds a vast network of missionaries. We help support 5,000 people either completely or partially just to work in North America with the gospel. We also support 4,000 international missionaries that we pay 100% of their salary so that they don't have to spend all their time raising money. You know, some missionaries actually have to spend half of their time coming back to the United States just to find people who will keep them on the mission field. Not so in Southern Baptist life. They can simply go do what God has called them to do. And because we're all working together... Even if one church is having a a rough year, another church is probably having a good year, and it all evens out. And they never have to come back because we're all committed to this together. Third, Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So they worked that out eventually. And it tells us at verse 41, 
Paul went out traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. They didn't just win people to Jesus and say, you know, best of luck to you, we're praying for you, we hope everything works out well for you. They also recognized that they needed to do more than win the lost to Jesus. They also needed to be there as these congregations grew. They needed to come alongside them and strengthen them and be there for them for other needs. See, the churches here in the book of Acts also cooperated to strengthen other Christians. We carry on that tradition today. For example, we help others locally. We have volunteer groups that go out, help with vacation Bible school, backyard Bible clubs, building projects. We have a church right now in Helena. The pastor is building a con- an auditorium that's going to seat about 350 people. He's building that almost entirely with volunteer help, either volunteers from Montana or volunteer building groups from around the country because they're cooperating together. You heard that Denise and I uh, planted a church in Denver, Colorado in uh, the 80s and 90s. We built a building there, and we built that building almost entirely with volunteer help. Southern Baptists who gave their time and their money and their skills, and they came to us in Denver as they're coming to Montana to help build buildings for us to continue the work. Not only that, we have pastors that are meeting with other pastors. I got a call from one of our pastors the other day. He's meeting with two pastors in another part of the state who have said, you know what? We just kind of feel like we've gotten to the place where our skills won't take us any further, and we need somebody to come alongside us and help us figure out what we need to develop in our own lives to bring our churches to the next level. This pastor, because he's cooperating with our other churches, is taking the time out from his own work to help two of our other pastors figure out how to take another step in the lives of their church. Because your giving to the cooperative program, the Montana Southern Baptist Convention has staff positions. We have a church strengthening director who's kind of like these guys right here, Paul and Barnabas, who are going out to strengthen the churches. We have a church strengthening director that just travels to our churches, meeting with pastors and meeting with congregations and talking to them about problem-solving or taking next steps themselves. We have a next-gen director. In fact, he's our own Adam Burt. He's a member here of this church. His job, of all jobs, is to try to figure out, help us figure out how to reach teenagers with the gospel. I think you would agree that if anybody needs help figuring out how to reach a group of people, it's us trying to figure out how to reach teenagers. It's a hard group to reach. We have a director whose job is simply to do that. Not only does he do that, but he also meets with pastor, with parents to help parents figure out how to help their own teenagers grow in healthy Christian lifestyles in the Lord. You're making that happen. You're paying for my position. You're paying for staff that coordinates our work and helps us with our annual meetings. All of this voluntarily working together to advance the gospel across Montana, and across the world. Amazingly, 135 churches make up the the Montana Southern Baptist Convention. Last year, those 135 churches gave $600,000. 
to our work in the state and beyond. They paid for all of their own programs, paid for all their own activities, and also had $600,000 to give to cooperate together to this broader work. And we sent 25% of that out from here in order to help pay for all those missionaries across North America, in order to pay for those missionaries internationally, in order to help pay for the tuition of 12,000 men and women preparing in our six seminaries, and also to fund an office in Washington, D.C. to represent our values in Washington, D.C. All because we choose to cooperate. The book of Ecclesiastes says this really important statement, a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Scripture understands the value of cooperation. It understands that we are stronger working together than we could ever possibly be working separately. And I've named only a few things that we've accomplished and only a few things that uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church has been a part of in a lot of ways. I look at this church, Brother Paul, and I can say this church is the Antioch Church of the Montana Southern Baptist Convention. You guys were there before there was anything. You started it all. And you're only just beginning as well. Incredible great days are ahead for this church. Incredible great days are ahead for Montana Southern Baptist. Not because we're great, but because we serve a great God. Not for our glory do we do this, but we do it for the glory of Jesus and because there are lost people who must be saved because there are people right now desperate for a word from God, and we need to do all that we can to work together to see to it that they get that word. Thank you for all that you're doing. Denise and I are delighted. We just couldn't be more pleased to be a part of a congregation that is as giving and sacrificial as Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I'd like for us right now just to have a chance to let me pray for us, if you would. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for all that you've done at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Thank you for these dear folks that um, I call my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Thank you for all that they've done. Thank you for all they're going to do because, Lord, we know it's about you. We know it's about your glory. We know it's about your kingdom. And so, Lord, we trust you that you will continue to bless this church as we choose to be a blessing to others. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church, located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemmanuel.net.